You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I'm Eric Erlinson. From lightninginsider.com, the Game 5 post-game podcast recap after the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, how shall I put this, destroy the New York Islanders 8 to nothing. Uh, never, never would I have thought that you could have a playoff game where it's 8 to nothing. In fact, it hasn't happened very often in NHL playoff history. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I believe the last time it happened was Ottawa in 2011 won a game in the playoffs, eight to nothing. So so anybody that was in the building, anybody that was watching at home, you saw rarity, and that was a game in the postseason absolutely dominated by one team on the scoreboard, and that's what we got. Steven Stamkos, two goals. Alex Kalorn, a goal. Braden Point got another goal. That's eight consecutive games with a goal for Braden Point, which is second longest streak within a playoff season in NHL history. The only player to do it longer is Reggie Leach from the Philadelphia Flyers, who did it in 1976 for that cup-winning team that, yes, Bobby the Chief Taylor was a part of. And I'm going to – we'll get into all – everything that kind of went on and and how the team got to this result. But I do want to temper your expectations because this is one game. John Cooper said it after the game, 8-0, 1-0, it's one win. That's all it is. It's one win. They now have a 3-2 series lead. They head back to the Coliseum for game number six on Wednesday. They can close out the Coliseum much like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to the Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia. Of course, the Islanders' home is Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum, so there's a chance that the another Tampa Bay franchise could close out a opponent in their building, uh, their historic building, their last game in that building. So that game comes on Wednesday. But again, game one last year, Eastern Conference Final, Tampa Bay beat the Islanders 8-2. It was 8-2. The rest of that series was close. Game two, in fact, was a 2-1 game. 
It took a Nikita Kucherov goal with eight seconds left on the clock to win game number two of that series. So just remember that as exhilarating and exciting as it was to see eight goals go up in this game and win this game eight to nothing, all it is is a win. All it does is put you ahead 3-2 in the series. you got to come back in a couple of nights and put this one behind you, so compartmentalize it as much as you can. All right, now let's get to the exciting stuff. Eight goals in a game. Again, I don't think I would have ever thought that that would have happened for Tampa Bay in this game. It's interesting in, you know, you start to kind of think about things and you reflect on things a little bit. And at the end of game number four, okay, they're down 3 nothing. They are able to kind of claw their way back. They get a couple of quick goals, and they make it a one-goal game and almost pulled off the comeback. Obviously, we know about the stop in the, the dying seconds on the Ryan McDonough chance. Nikita Kucherov had an opportunity. They could have tied that game and sent it to overtime. Um, but they, John Cooper, after that game, said that they felt they found something that they could expose on the Islanders, that they were hoping that would carry over into game number five. Well, did it carry over big time? And, yeah, they got some fortunate breaks. I mean, Steven Stamkos scores 45 seconds into the game on a blocked shot. Alex Kalorn had a blocked shot, and the puck goes right to Stamkos, and that is wide open. He's not missing that. The second goal... Yanni Gord is trying to pass the puck over to Barclay Goodrow. Actually ends up going in off the skate or off the stick of, of defenseman Andy Green. But there's a saying that sometimes you create your own bounces, you create your own good fortune. And that second goal is an, a, a prime example of that philosophy. Because on that shift, that line, the, the Gord, Goodrow, Coleman line, created zone time they retrieved pucks they created energy they worked hard to win battles along the wall and it ends up that the puck is on Yanni Gord's stick and he's able to kind of create that two-on-one down low so yeah it's a break for sure but if they don't put in the work if they're not battling along the walls if they're not chasing down pucks You don't put yourself into a position to take advantage of that. So absolutely, sometimes you create your own good fortune. It's not all just puck luck. Sometimes you create it by your hard work. And that's that's kind of the biggest thing that you take out of the carryover from game number four to game number five. Because the second period of game number four... The Lightning weren't working for their breaks, right? They weren't working hard enough. They let the Islanders kind of dictate and control things, and they turned pucks over. You know, so you, you they got what they deserved in that second period against the Islanders. They deserved to be down 3 nothing in the second. There's no doubt in my mind. But what they did in the third period of that game absolutely carried over. And the one thing that really stood out to me watching the first period was the pace at which Tampa Bay played. And it made me think, going back to game one, that the Islanders won 2-1, to one, and the Lightning were kind of, I don't know, a little slow, kind of feel-out process. But there were a couple of comments made by the players after that game, in particular Alex Colonna, Ryan McDonough, 
both discussed how part of the game plan that they had was to hold on to the puck maybe for an extra second. You know, they talked about how the Islanders sag, which is a direct comparison or direct contrast, rather, to what Carolina did in round two, where Carolina really tries to uh, go after the puck and their puck pursuit and force you into making mistakes, where the Islanders want to sit back a little bit and, and just take advantage and, and force you into turnovers that way. And it was, you know, as a, a thinking about those comments after game one, and then watching how the game was played tonight, and also thinking about periods of, of play in game number two, where how many times did we see the Lightning go back with the puck? Okay, the play's not there. Let's hold on to it. Let's go back and try and regroup. Well, the Islanders took advantage of that, correct? That's where they forced the Lightning into making bad decisions and putting them in positions where they had to make plays quickly with the puck. You know, think about the the third goal. The third goal that the Islanders scored where Braden Point has to come out from behind his own goal line and tries to skate up the middle. He's immediately under pressure. Well, compare that to tonight, game number five. How fast were the Lightning out of their zone? How quickly did they clear their zone? They weren't waiting. They pushed the pace. They played the game with more speed. The Islanders don't want to play with speed. They want to lull you. They want to slow the game down to their pace and then do a quick counterattack. That's where they want to use their speed. But tonight, the Lightning put that... They totally turned the tables on the Islanders by clean clean exits out of the zone, and that creates speed in the neutral zone. The Lightning had nine odd man rushes in the first period. Nine. Sometimes you don't get that in a game. Remember game one? You know how many odd man rushes or how many rush chances, just rush chances, that the Lightning had in game number one? Zero. They had zero. It depends on who you read your stats from, but the same person from that had the nine rush chances tonight compared to the zero in game one. It's the same person. So, again, game one, zero rush chances. First period, just the first period tonight was nine, and they did that by speeding up the game, quickening the pace, making quicker puck decisions, not letting the Islanders lull them into making mistakes. If they were going to make mistakes... And I'll never forget this comment from Guy Boucher. If you're going to make mistakes, you want them to be mistakes of commission and not omission. right? Instead of um, not doing what you want to do, do what you want to do. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. So that's kind of how the Lightning approached this game. Let's go out and force our way to this. Let's, try, let's take the Islanders out of their comfort zone. Because all, all we've talked about this entire playoff series with the Islanders is how they want to grind the game down. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a grind. There's no space out there. Well, they kind of they created that counterpunch tonight because it was the exact opposite of how the game had been played really in, in the first four games of this series. It'll be interesting to see if they can play with that same pace on the road. Again, matchups haven't really been a big issue in this series. 
right? Neither team is concerned with matchups. It's pretty been pretty much been the same line versus line in every single game, whether it's at Amelie Arena or whether it's been at Nassau Coliseum. So the matchup situation is not the same. So what will the Islanders do to counteract what the Lightning did tonight? Because as I've said it before, and I said it on my appearance with NHL Network prior to game number five, sometimes the only team that can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning are the Tampa Bay Lightning. And in the two losses in this series, they beat themselves because they've let the Islanders play the game at their speed. And that's slow, grinding, methodical, and then quick counterattack. Game five was not that case. Big response from Steven Stamkos. He hadn't really made an impact yet in this series. He was coming off a game on Saturday where he only played 12 minutes, only took four shifts in the third period, and this is an offensive player who was not playing much in a game that you were chasing. You were down by three goals, and you had to chase it. So he wasn't seeing a whole lot of ice time in the third period. So he responds with the goal 45 seconds in. Their line also scored the third goal, Kalorn getting a tip on a pass. Stamkos scores a power play goal. Kalorn scores a power play goal. Uh, But the the Sorelli-Kalorn-Stamkos line is responsible for two even-strength goals. They hadn't – I don't think any of them had an even-strength point in the first four games. You know, and the Lightning had nine goals in this series coming in into game five. Nine goals. They scored eight tonight. But a big bounce back from them. Uh, Nikita Kucherov with three assists quietly. He had a quiet three assist night. Andre Vasilevsky, haven't even mentioned his name yet, ends up with the shutout, his fourth career playoff shutout, his third this year. And it kind of, it, it's obviously going to get overlooked in an 8 nothing game where Vasilevsky wasn't tested a lot, but he was definitely tested at the start of the third period. It's a 3 nothing game. And early on, the Lightning got caught in a line change, kind of created a 2-on-0, and he came up with a couple of big stops. The Islanders had a, a follow-up shift after that where they created two more opportunities. Uh, nothing got past him, and then the game kind of settled into what it ended up being. But we, didn't, we, you know, we, we don't talk much about what Andre Vasilevsky did in this game, uh, but he pitches the shutout. Semyon Varlamov is chased after three goals. It's 3-0. They put in Ilya Sorokin. The Lightning play this game without Eric Chernak, by the way. He has an upper body injury. He did take warm-ups, but he t- he, he told the, the coaching staff that he didn't think he was going to be able to play. Remember, he left towards the tail end uh, of game number four after taking a hit from Matt Martin. He was dinged up at the end of game three as well. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. All right, the Jan Ruda situation, the Matt Barzell cross-check at the end of the second period, uh, cross-check to the jaw from Matt Barzell. Barzell ends up with a five-minute major and a game misconduct. 
gave the Lightning a it wasn't a full five minute power play because Ryan McDonough was already in the in the box for a penalty towards the end of the period. Uh, but it did give you know the Lightning the you know three and a half four minutes of uh, of power play time in in the start of the second period or start of the third period rather. So the big question is. Is that going to be it for Matt Barzell? Is that his punishment, being ejected from the game? That's the most likely scenario. Because I'll say this, and I know I said it on my Twitter feed, that you know this is not going to be the popular opinion amongst those who follow me. But I don't think Matt Barzell did it on purpose. I'm not saying he's not responsible for his action. But I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was trying to just... I don't know, fire up his team or pent off some frustration, whatever it was. I'm not 100% sure what was going through his mind. But he kind of took it out on Jan Ruda, and the two sort of went back at each other, and then Ruda gets hit in the dead in the jaw, stayed down on the ice for a little bit, did not come back to the game. I know I had said at one point on my Twitter feed that Ruta played one shift in the third period. That since got corrected. He did not come out for the third period. Spent the rest of the game back in the trainer's room. John Cooper said after the game that they're not sure on his situation. So you're looking at being down two right-handed shot defensemen for the game. But the big question heading into Wednesday's game number six is is Matt Barzell going to be eligible to play? Like I said, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he got engaged and put himself into a bad situation. We know how the Department of Player Safety works. They tend to shy away from suspensions in the postseason unless it's a pretty egregious situation, such as Sam Bennett sending Blake Coleman flying in the boards. Earned him a suspension for game number three. So how is DOPS, the Department of Player Safety, going to view this? My opinion, it's just my opinion. We'll find out more information on Tuesday. My opinion is that the league will look at it that he got a five-minute major, a game misconduct, and he might get a fine. Doesn't mean he won't get suspended because there is precedent. And if you go to, depending on when you're listening to this, go to my website. I'm going to have a little bit more information on this about a similar incident that happened a couple of years ago involving the San Jose Sharks. So there is precedent for this type of situation. Now, Barzell is more of a Lady Bing candidate than anybody who's going to lead their team in PIMS. Maybe that factors into it a little bit. It's an elimination game. Does that factor into it a little bit? Like you you start to check off a few things here or there on how player safety tends to view these situations. So my view is he doesn't get a suspension. My view is he gets a fine. We'll find out more, but that's how I saw things transpire. But I'll tell you what that did do. That changed the tempo for the rest of the game. Because, again, just as we saw in game five, or game four, rather, between the Panthers and Tampa Bay, when it got away from Florida on the scoreboard, 
you started to see the shenanigans, the tone setting, the message sending, whatever cliche you want to throw that way. And I think that's part of what the Barzell situation was. Tone setting. Got to set the tone for the next game. If we can't beat you, we're going to beat you up tonight. By getting the five-minute major, and it was reviewed, right? Like they call a five-minute major and they say we will review it, and they upheld it on review. That cooled the temperature for most of the remaining part of the third period. Islanders took a couple more penalties. Barclay Goodrow delivered a cross-check late in the game that ended up a couple of guys fighting. Not quite a line brawl, but a line dance. No, it's not line dancing. But it kind of ended up being that way, and that was with three and a half minutes to go in the game. But by calling that major on Barzella, it cooled the temperature of the game big time. So you didn't get too much more of that. And and I think that's key. You know, we the officials have gotten a lot of heat during these playoffs for the way they've handled games, for the lack of calls. You know, the, the term game management comes up quite a bit, especially after the Tim Peel situation earlier this year. But the game management in that situation really changed the tone of the rest of the game because it, it, we've seen it. We've seen it a lot. It can get away from the officials. If they don't kind of put a clamp down on things, it, it becomes, you know, wild, wild west on the ice. So I thought the officials did a good job of handling it in that situation. So a lot to uh, be excited about for that game. But as I said, as I open this up, it's just one game. It's just one win. But tell me, tell me at one point, the thought, Lightning fan, didn't go through your head when Tampa Bay was up 3-0 after the first period if that scar that you still have somewhere kind of felt you kind of had to rub it a little bit, whether it's on your arm, your, your leg, wherever that scar is, maybe it's in your heart. Maybe it's metaphorical. Okay, it's absolutely metaphorical. But at some point, did you not rub that little scar and go, mm, I remember what happened in another playoff game somewhat recently when they were up 3 nothing after the first period. And tell me you didn't start to rub that scar a little bit again at the start of the th- second period when they got caught in the bad line change. The Islanders created a couple of chances. Tell me that thought didn't go through your head because I know it did. I know it did. But I think that should give you an understanding of the maturation of this team, who they are, what they're all about now, right? This is a different team. This is a different mindset because I'm sure somewhere right now as I'm making these conversations, as I'm discussing this with you, you're also thinking, man, I remember a couple of times they were up 3-2 in a series. What happened then? Let that thought go. Get rid of it. Clear it from your mind. Know that this team is much more mature. This team is in a different state of mind. They are now a defending Stanley Cup champion. Put all that stuff behind you. Because they have. So as you head into game number six, 
Don't let that thought enter your mind. Remember what this team accomplished last year and what they're capable of accomplishing this year because that's what's on their mind. I'm not saying they're going to go out and win game six. They could still lose this series. They could absolutely still lose this series. I don't think it's going to happen. This team is too mature. I think what we saw in in game number five is a window into how they're going to be able to play game number six. They're going to put themselves into a position to win the game. I'm not saying they're winning the game, but you're not going to have a second period situation from game number four. I think you're going to have more of a period three situation from game number four. And look, the Coliseum is going to be rocking. I was up there for games number three and four. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different feel. They got the chants going on. They got the soccer drum going. It's a vibe. It's a different vibe. You don't find that in many other arenas around the league. But they're not going to be intimidated by it, just as they weren't intimidated by it in game number three. Right? They go out and win that game 2-1. After they gave up, even after giving up the tying goal, Late in the second period, they didn't let the crowd dictate how the game was going to go. They out went out and scored the next one. So this is a much more mature team, a team that understands who they are now and what it means to win. So again, not guaranteeing a win, but whatever thoughts you have in your mind, just as I know it popped up after period one tonight and the start of period two tonight, Let that scar from 2016 and that scar from 2018, let it go. All right, game number six is on Wednesday. It's another 8 p.m. start. You're going to find that game on NBC Sportsnet. Sadly, I won't be at the Coliseum for that game. Kind of too much to swing it, so I'll be uh, covering the game from home, as I have been for, uh, well, the entire playoffs last year. Uh, But again, look for my insights. If you're not a subscriber to lightninginsider.com, consider giving it a a subscription because, again, I'm going to give you some more detail on that Evander Kane situation. I'm going to give you some more detail into how they were able to utilize their speed tonight to create the opportunities that they did. So that will be up on lightninginsider.com. And before we sign off, I want to make sure that you're aware of our special promo, our special partnership with SmackApparel.com. If you go to SmackApparel.com, use the keyword BOLTS21, B-O-L-T-S-21. You'll get 21% off any order. They got some great lightning-affiliated, lightning-themed stuff, the back-to-boat shirt, you know, in reference to the boat parade. They have the Big Cat shirt. They have a couple other things. But that promo code, BOLTS21, will get you 21% off any order. So not just on their hockey stuff, on any order. They've got a great selection of, of items for whatever sport you're into. My son has a Manchester City Smack Apparel shirt. I have a Smack Apparel shirt back from 2004 World Series or American League Championship Series. So check them out. they got some great items at smackapparel.com and the keyword BOLTS21. All right, I'm going to sign off until the Game 6 post-game podcast. 
I am Eric Rollins from, from LightningInsider.com, and we'll talk to you again soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.